first of all, what we have to understand is that stress is cumulative, um, which basically means if you think about like a seesaw, that it just keeps adding on, adding on, adding on. And so, um, and the seesaw, the one that's got the stress on it on that side is going to get lower and lower and lower as you add more and more on. And so when we hear the expression, the straw that broke the camel's back, it's like, even though it's a little thing, um, not saying that your garbage disposal is little, but even a little thing can really tip the balance Mm -hmm. because there's all this underlying stress that's going on. And so um, it's, it's finally just too much. This week, the days and weeks of self-isolation and quarantining have started to add up, and so Dr. Karen Sherman has joined us to discuss how couples can navigate through this unprecedented time, and how you might even thrive a little bit during this time of the COVID-19 pandemic. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchedmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the brilliant, the lovely, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. And you can find this information and more at her website, drkarensherman.com. Okay, Karen. So today uh, we are still in quarantine. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, for a lot of people... It's not that easy. Uh, it seems like, you know, stay at home and sit on your couch. What what could be so hard about that? But turns out it can be kind of difficult. Yeah. Um, so you found this really great article that was posted on WebMD. I want to give them credit. Um, and it was essentially about how, how helping married couples survive quarantine. And so mm-hmm. um, we're taking some of the tips that they offered, and I'm reframing some of the questions, and hopefully we'll provide some new and original uh, recommendations for listeners out there. Um, so for first thing that I want to address is that couples, by this point, we're several weeks into it now, uh, are starting to go a little bit stir-crazy. How can uh, couples combat that? Okay, so first I want to say that it depends on where you live. You're in California, I'm in New York, and so yes, we have been in quarantine for a while, but some states are just going into it. So and listen the, up. Sorry, by the way, I just <laughs> wanted to add, I th- the last time I checked, and this was at least within the last 24 hours, I believe there are still eight or nine states that have Mm -hmm. yet to issue a blanket statewide stay-at-home quarantine. So, yeah, you're right. There are states out there. 
Right. But, you know, just like Italy was telling us in the United States, please look at what happened to us and start to take precautions, I guess I'm going to say please listen to Steve and I, who are already quarantining for several weeks, and start to take some advice from us so it won't be quite as hard for you. Um, And I do want to say that... um, You know, part of the reason it's so difficult for us in America is because we're not accustomed to doing without. Um, My grandson's nanny texted the other day just to say hi and see what we were doing. And, you know, I thought that was really sweet of her. And I texted her back and asked how she was. And her response to me was, I'm doing fine. This is not hard for me. When I lived in my original country, which unfortunately I don't remember what it was. She said, when I was 17, for four years, four years, they were at war. And so they lived without food, without electricity, and with killings going on, and without water. Mm -hmm. So she's not thinking this is a big deal. Um, Now, I'm not dismissing that people are having their own reactions and saying, well, you shouldn't be. But what I'm saying is, yes, you're going to have a reaction. It's normal that you're going to have feelings because we're not accustomed to this, but we really can get through this. So to talk about how to not go star crazy, I think the first thing is, again, to say it's okay to have these feelings, because I think if we try to fight them, it's going to make it more difficult. Um, The other thing, which may sound a little funny because, you know, stir crazy is, okay, give me something to do. But the next suggestion that I've heard from several different sources is to try to take control as much as you can about your life, because the main problem is in the global pictures, we have no control over Mm -hmm. this disease. So if you structure your day, in other words, get up at a regular time, get showered, get dressed, and plan your day so that, you know, maybe there's some some watching of the news uh, in part of the day, but then leaving time for making calls or leaving time for activities you don't normally get to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever your structure is, mm-hmm. you will feel more in control and you won't start to feel stir crazy. If you're just going to sit on the couch and watch newscaster after newscaster and opinions, that is going to add to being stir crazy. Mm -hmm. Now, what you do specific to you, that's specific to you. Um, Whether it is projects that you don't normally get a chance to do, whether it is an opportunity to um, play some games with your mate that you don't normally play um, because you figure, oh, we'll have fun, we'll do things sometimes, but you don't normally have the time to do that. Now's the time to do that. Um, Try to be a little creative in the things you do. I have to share with you, Steve, Mm -hmm. uh, something that I did with Rich the other night. We used to really love going to the movies. Well, you can't go to the movies anymore. Mm -hmm. So I decided that we would go to the movies. Um, 
I'm very fortunate. We have several different TVs in this house. So I said to him, we're going to go watch TV in a different room because one of the things in, in general, forget about this time of challenge, is that you need novelty. That helps with boredom. So I wanted to go into a different environment. And we had pre-selected the movie we were going to watch so that we didn't have to spend like a half hour picking the movie. (laughs) We had decided on that beforehand. The movie was ready to go when we went up there. As it happened, it was upstairs. And he was upstairs when we were going to start to watch. I said, no, 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 you have to come down here. And he got it. (laughs) He said, we're walking into the movies together. I said, absolutely. And we watched the movie together. We held hands, but only for about 10 seconds because, you know, we didn't want to infect one another, possibly. And it was wonderful. There was no noise from any of the other patrons, nobody putting on their phones or anything. And at the end, and this was really great for me as a woman, at the end, I went to the bathroom and there were no lines, which was a first. So, you know, we we did something a little creative. And of course, the snacks we brought didn't come anywhere anywhere near the price that you would pay in a movie theater. So it was it was just but you know it was something different and we were excited about the movie night and then the next day we talked about it with all our friends and it was just fun. Mm-hmm. So think of things you can do and what we try to do is after we've each done what we're going to do for the day we spend some time playing different games whether it be Scrabble or uh, Othello or you know whatever it is that you like. And, you know, or maybe watching some TV and then, you know, we get a little bit of our news and, and, and then we read. But the point is to structure your day, to do something different. Um, and you don't have to spend every minute with each other. Right. Take some time for yourself. Um, it's important that you have me time and that you not be with your mate 24-7. Mm-hmm. So it's important that you have some time for yourself. Right. So those are different ways to not go star crazy. Yeah. No, that's great. I, uh, I, I mean, because I'm a bit of a masochist, I guess, um, my wife and I, we watched, um, right when this thing was happening and we first got into quarantine, <laughs> we started watching outbreak and pandemic and all these, uh, Oh God. <laughs> right. I know. Like I said, um, so, but, but, uh, your movie night reminded me of the one. I, I think it's, I think the title's pandemic. It's the one with, um, Gwyneth Paltrow and Matt Damon and a lot of the big stars and, um, Matt Damon's daughter, uh, they canceled homecoming because, uh, they weren't allowed to leave the house. Mm-hmm. And so he set up a homecoming dance inside mm-hmm. their home, you know, yeah. he hung some, you know, things and turned on the music and changed the lighting. And like, and it, like you did basically that your version of it for yeah. movie night. Like, it's really awesome. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. Another thing that I wanted to bring up about going stir crazy is I, so I feel like I am able to handle this better, not because I'm awesome or anything like that, but because I've been doing this for so long. And by that, I mean, mm-hmm. I've been working from home for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I didn't leave the house a lot anyways. I left the house to mm. exercise and mm-hmm. I left the house to basically go grocery shopping, but I'm not a guy that goes out and browses, um, or Mm -hmm. even like shops on the regular for hardly anything. So being at home hasn't been difficult for me. 
Um, but I do recognize that for a lot of people, particularly for those fortunate enough to still be able to work from home, it mm-hmm. can be really tough when your work life and your home life become blended. And right. I highly recommend creating a space for yourself where you can do mm-hmm. that work life. Um, mm-hmm. Communicate with your spouse about the boundaries that are necessary for that space so that you're mm-hmm. not interrupted because it can be very easy to just feel like, well, you're here. Why can't I talk to you? Or why can't I ask you these questions? Right. No, no, no. This is, this is still my work time. Just to act as if I'm not here. Um, and then once it's done, being able to shut it off and move and transition into uh, that home life portion of your day. Uh, right. Great. That was such a Great. difficult thing for me in the beginning. I would, you know, I would work all day. Then I would get on the couch. We would have dinner, and I'd open up my laptop when dinner was over, uh, while Jess was watching TV. And you know, that's okay every once in a while, but it was like every night, all the time. And she was like, "You mm-hmm. have to, you have to close that thing. I feel like I'd never have you." And so mm-hmm. um, I had to then start making very definitive uh, times when I would and wouldn't work. And that, that helped a tremendous amount. And so that's one of my recommendations for you. Yeah. And piggybacking on that, you could decide if both of you are working from home, if you're both working and you're, you know, therefore working from home that like, okay, we're going to take a break at 1230 for lunch and we'll break again, creating the structure for a half hour and we'll make that time to be together to, you know, exchange thoughts, questions, whatever. And then at one o'clock, you know, we'll go back. Now, some work situations allow for that. Other people don't feel like they can do that. But again, to your point of I'm working, don't think that just because I'm here, you can just talk because, you know, my body is here because I'm really not here. I'm working. But you can build that structure in Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And again, you know, I think that the monotony and the blending starts to create more stress. So if you can break it up, even just for a few minutes to take, to do something for yourself, that allows you to not go as crazy mm-hmm. with, with uh, the endless monotonous, you know, hours and days. Right. I was also thinking, um, and you, you mentioned it, like whether it's doing projects or whatnot, but you know, finding a project to work on and it doesn't like, I feel like everybody f- thinks they have to be super productive with their project. Like I need Mm -hmm. to remodel my closet or something. It could be something totally frivolous and just to let your mind escape. Um, Oh, absolutely. I, so (laughs) I have, um, some friends, one of them bought a video game console and Mm -hmm. we started, uh, an online golf league. (laughs) Mm. where we play throughout the week. Like we can do it on our own time. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so at night when things are shutting down, like I can pull up my virtual golf because we can't see each other on the regular golf course, Mm -hmm. which we would normally do on the weekends. And we, you know, I guess that's another thing I get out of the house for, but, uh, we do it virtually and we communicate and it's, it's super fun. Um, another thing is couples, uh, they can, they can use this time for adding skills. So you can take an online class. You can, uh, do things like that, that I feel like, um, again, can keep you occupied, particularly if you have the extra time, uh, you know, being in California, I 
recognize that a lot of people have hour plus commutes, which means that you just got an hour Mm -hmm. extra in your day that you can do something with that time. And Mm. you might want to just sleep in, but, um, you, you could use that time differently. Um, and then one last thing before we move on to the next question I want to bring up is communication. Um, I know we've, we've talked about it, but, uh, just this morning I woke up and I told Jess, this is what I have going on today. I have a podcast mm-hmm. with Karen uh, at this time. I have another interview that I'm doing later on in the afternoon at this time. She told me of a work meeting that she had at a certain time. And so we already knew we were creating boundaries right from the get-go mm-hmm. and expectations mm-hmm. of when we would or would not be available to even in passing talk with one another. So mm-hmm. that has yeah. been really helpful th- during this time doing stuff like that. Excellent. Okay. Um, okay. So moving on, uh, life does continue to go on, uh, even though we're isolated, which means that unexpected things can and will still happen that are not related to COVID-19. So my personal, uh, situation happened about a week into our self quarantine, which was my garbage disposal broke. And we started, it started leaking under our kitchen sink. Um, (laughs) yeah, it was, it was awful. Um, because then we, I had to let somebody into the house to fix it. Mm. Um, and Mm. so, uh, I have, you know, happy to report it was very painless. Um, I took all the precautions I could. I washed thoroughly afterwards. I antibacterial my counters and everything that was touched while they were here. Um, anyways, uh, the garbage disposal got fixed and, um, you know, what, you know, as far as I know, I was never, uh, infected. And so it can work out. But, um, as we have gotten deeper into this, I also recognize that tensions can get a little bit higher. And so when something like this goes wrong, it can really set something off. And, oh, absolutely. you know, and fortunately we, uh, were able to pay for the service that getting our garbage disposal fixed. But I know a lot of people are having uh, a financial uh, crunch happening right now to go along with everything else. So how can uh, we keep calm and work through these unexpected hiccups? Well, I think, first of all, what we have to understand is that stress is cumulative, um, which basically means, if you think about like a seesaw, that it just keeps adding on, adding on, adding on. And so, um, and the seesaw, the one that's got the stress on it on that side is going to get lower and lower and lower as you add more and more on. And so when we hear the expression, the straw that broke the camel's back, it's like, even though it's a little thing, um, not saying that your garbage disposal is little, but even a little thing can really tip the balance Mm -hmm. because there's all this underlying stress that's going on. And so, so um, it's, it's finally just too much. Um, so I think that, you know, we have to understand that we might have more of a reaction than we normally would um, if our spouse is having that, that much, you know, of that kind of a reaction to cut them some slack. Um, I think among couples, we have to be a little bit more patient with each other. And if one of us is having... Um, a bit of a reaction that 
is more than is called for that we don't get on their case, but we understand it is an outgrowth of what's going on. Um, but also, if you're the one that has the reaction to maybe just circle back and say, listen, I know, you know, the stress really got to me and I was flipping out over the garbage disposal when compared to what's going on, it's, it's really not a big deal. Um, so I think that it calls for tolerance and understanding and compassion. But then when you get down to the reality of it, um, I think the way you handled it um, was really terrific, which is, you know, do the practical in the best way that you can. Um, you know, ask, you know, disinfect um everything that somebody else has touched. Um, do whatever you can, make sure you wash your hands and everything, you know, uh, after the person the person or persons have been there. Um, go about it in a methodical way, um, just knowing that you have to give some extra precaution given what the situation is these days. Um, as far as the finances, um, and yes, I understand that finances may be tighter for some people, I guess it's a matter of prioritizing. Now, certainly, if you're leaking garbage into your house, you can't have that happen. Um, so that might be a, a top priority. But if, let's say, um, you run out, there's a battery, you have a battery-operated scale, mm-hmm. um, and the battery runs out. And you tend to weigh yourself every day. Well, maybe you can do without that. That's not really essential. It's annoying, but it's not essential because you don't want to go out and expose yourself in a store just to buy a battery for the scale. So you you may have to be able to flow a little bit and let go of things, um, you know, and make decisions about what are priorities to take care of um, and what things are really not essential. Right. Um, do you have any other ideas about how you would handle a situation? I I want to reiterate the letting things go um, because, mm-hmm. you know, this too shall pass. And mm-hmm. um, I think I, the thing that I've been thinking a lot about actually is the fact that you have a lot of leeway. There's a lot of understanding that's taking place right now. Um, Mm -hmm. so like a very simple example of this is late night talk shows, um, in no other universe would we expect to watch them shot with smartphones. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we are totally understanding that like, oh, that's the quality we're going to get. And we're not only are we accepting of that, but we're happy about it. And Mm -hmm. I think the same thing applies to the home. Um, we have to recognize that this is not uh, the normal way that we go about things, and we have to give ourselves slack for um, letting, to your point, letting certain things slide. And mm-hmm. I think the more things that you can do that with, the better you feel. Um, but that's also not to suggest you should let things go if they're going to drive you crazy. So if mm-hmm. having dirty counters drives you crazy, don't pile things up on them and be like, well, this is the new normal. Yeah. I don't think you have to do that kind of stuff, but, um, yeah, do the things that are absolutely necessary. Find those pieces of joy and, uh, let go of the things that you can let go of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on, how important is social contact? Um, 
followed up by if you haven't been reaching out, should you and how much? And I ask how much because I have now started to hear of stories of people now getting exhausted from all the virtual reaching out that they've been doing uh, that they've never done before. And now it feels like their calendar is packed with Zoom, Skype, FaceTime engagements that they're just like, oh, I just want a night off now. Okay, so I think that social contact is extremely important, but I think that the way that you do it has to be very individualized. Um, So reaching out might be sending a text, calling somebody, um, doing a virtual experience, um, you know, any number of ways. But I think that you have to really be in touch with yourself. If something feels like it's too much for you, then you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you feel like you are doing too many Zoom calls or Skype calls or whatever, then listen to yourself and take a day or two off from them. Um, I know that um, just part of who I am, we live in a community and in our community there are many single women. Um, I call and check in on them on a regular basis, but I don't call all of them every day. Mm -hmm. So I sort of rotate it because it would just be too much for me otherwise. Um, And when I call, the calls are are kind of short and everybody understands that because, you know, I'm trying to reach out to a lot of people. Um, I offer um, some virtual classes to the community, but I haven't joined anything virtually. And I've even sent out a bunch of links to the community about things they can watch virtually, museums, art galleries, Mm -hmm. things like that. But I have not watched any of them because I know what I need to do for myself. And, you know, you've got to be able to tune in to yourself and say, okay, you know, am I getting tired? Am I getting exhausted? But I think that Um, It is really important. One of the concerns about the quarantine is the sense of isolation that you have. Um, And as human beings, our brains need to have contact. But, But again, different amounts and different ways for different people. So you've got to um, really trust yourself. And it may be that this is a time for meditation. Mm. where you are um, having some private time for yourself and and doing self-care. Now, in that case, you're not having any social contact, but you are really taking care of yourself and helping with your stress levels. So that would be a very good thing to do, and it's purely yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay? Uh, Yeah. No, that's great. I love that. Um, I... It's funny because there's certain things that I have been doing and my family Mm -hmm. and my wife's family have been doing that we've never done before, um, Mm -hmm. which there's really never been an excuse as to why we haven't at least attempted it. Um, And Mm -hmm. I do recognize that schedules are hectic and things. And so now it makes it easier. But like we have been hosting um, Friday night game nights with each other Mm. because we Mm -hmm. are uh, in different states Mm -hmm. 
And we've never done that before. And mm-hmm. it's been amazing and super fun. And yeah. um, I, you know, one of the things that I hope happens is once this is all over, that we continue it, at least in some, some semblance of it, uh, going forward, because it's a really fun way to stay connected. Um, yeah. I also found another, or I heard another idea that I thought was really great for once this is all over. This is a little bit of an aside, but mm-hmm. um, it, it, and this was recommended for parents with kids. And it was mm-hmm. every time your kid wants to do something that they can't do right now because of the social distancing and the quarantine, mm-hmm. you write it down on a piece of paper and you put it on a jar, in a jar. Mm-hmm. And when this all lifts, you then, uh, on the weekends or whatever, you can go into that jar and pull something out and do it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's that great. Was really cool and clever. And I thought, what a cool idea for couples as well. Like, oh, you, you know, we missed our movie night. We missed mm. going to this restaurant. We missed mm-hmm. our anniversary weekend. Yeah. We missed, like, you can put the, start putting those things into a jar and pull them out uh, when this is all over. Yeah, very nice. Very nice idea. Um, one uh, bit that was mentioned in that WebMD article, which is the, uh, the muse for this episode, uh, is that they recommend leaning on your partner's strengths, um, mm-hmm. which I think is a great idea. How, mm-hmm. how can couples do that? I mean, at first, they, I suppose they have to recognize what those strengths are. Yes, yes. Um, I think that, you know, again, you just say, okay, how, how are we going to deal with this? And, um, you know, what are we each good at? And let's, you know, really work on that. So if you're really good at, um, you know, doing the bills, um, you know, you'll do the bills and I'll do the cleaning or, um, you know, if you're the one who's really good at, uh, being in touch with our family so that we know what's going on, you know, you be the one that does that. Just know who you each are. And if you don't, it's a good time to, um, have a discussion about what your strengths are. Here's what I always suggest to my clients to know what your strengths are. Whatever comes easiest to you is your strength. Mm. People don't realize that, um, because since it's easy for you, you don't recognize it as a strength. You think, oh, it's, what's a big deal? It's just so easy for me, but it's not a trait necessarily that's easy for somebody else. So if it does come easily for you, it's something that is a strong trait of yours. So, you know, have a discussion and just say something like, okay, you know, we're, we're in this situation here are some of the stuck points. Here's where we have to get through some stuff. Um, you know, what needs to get done and, you know, what can each of us bring to the table so that, um, we can get these things done. Um, even even if you're talking about cleaning your house, if you don't want to bring anybody, you know, if you've had the luxury of having somebody come in and clean your house mm-hmm. and um, you don't want an outsider, you know, somebody outside your house to come in anymore, even within cleaning, it may be that one of you is good at vacuuming and the other one is good at 
doing the laundry, or one of you is good at, uh, you know, cleaning the toilet bowls, and the other one is good at dusting. And by the way, it doesn't even necessarily mean you have to even be good at it, but you might enjoy it where the other person completely despises mm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like, yeah. you know, you're wiping down a toilet bowl. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. some people, right. I, I recognize that some people do a better job at cleaning than others, but it's like, if you can't stand <laughs> cleaning a toilet bowl and right. that person's like, eh, what's the big deal? Then yeah, right. might as well do it. Right. So I think, you know, um, that that's what you should do. And here's the thing that you always ask at the end, but I'll throw it in now. Maybe there are some things that you can realize you can do together right. and actually make that a new fun activity. Um, you know, are you able to maybe prepare some meals together rather than uh, ordering in if you're a little hesitant to order in and money's a little tight? You know, can you think of ways to uh, uh, create meals together? Um, you know, do you want to create some kind of um, photo album, uh, you know, photos that have built up that you've never taken care of and you want to do that together? So there are things that you can actually do together that you've never done together before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a great idea. That's a great point. Um, so I'm going to move on to the last question here. Okay. And this one's tough uh, because we, you know, we don't live in a bubble. I recognize that not all relationships are healthy ones and that some can actually be dangerous and in extreme cases, deadly. Yeah. And so if you are now having to self-isolate and quarantine in a situation that is dangerous, mm-hmm. um, and that's your current situation, what can and should that person do? Yeah. And unfortunately, as bad as that situation may have been, adding this additional stress is going to probably make it worse. And we do know that domestic violence has been on the increase. Um, You need to get help. And uh, luckily, there is a a hotline for uh, getting that help for domestic abuse. Uh, so I think what I'm going to tell you is I have I have the number for domestic abuse. Uh, so I'll repeat it so you have a chance to maybe go get a pen or pencil. Uh, it's a fairly easy number to make it easy for you. But uh, I do think you need to reach out to the domestic abuse helpline and they will um, help you deal with the separate that you have to take. Nobody should be in harm's way. Mm -hmm. So that number is 800-799, the word SAFE, S-A-F-E. The digits are 7233. So again, I'll repeat that. It's 800-799- safe. And maybe, Steve, I know sometimes you put a link mm-hmm. uh, at the end of podcast. Maybe if you could post that number, uh, that way if people for some reason didn't get the number or didn't have a pen, yeah. they'd be able to access it through the uh, podcast. Yeah, I will. And uh, I'll, I'll add that uh, there's also a website you can reach out to and you can even chat with somebody online, which is the hotline.org forward slash help. Um, I will include that in the show notes as well. And another thing that I wanted to add is that helpline uh, is available in over 200 languages. So if that if you feel like that's a barrier, just know that there's somebody that you can communicate with. Great. That's great. 
Um, and then one other thing that I did want to add is um, this helpline is there for you to help. But if you are in immediate eminent danger that you should call 911. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, Steve. Thanks for adding that. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully some of the previous tips will help keep the stress down. So uh, this is a situation that uh, if, if that is your situation, that as, as Karen mentioned, like we, we are seeing domestic violence increasing and um, we know that stress is mounting and we know that financial pressures are mounting. And so hopefully some of the earlier tips will help alleviate some of that pressure uh, so that you don't need to use the hotline and the number and everything. And, and, you know, couples out there are able to work through these things, but you know, we, we recognize the reality. Um, so with that, Karen, I think you, you gave me your one more thing uh, earlier. So I think that will do it for us this week so we are going to wrap it up so thank you so much for your time it is always a pleasure and this was super insightful and helpful and i hope i'm sure that our listeners will agree so thank you so much thank you steve my pleasure and then before we go i do want to remind you that karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years she is the author of mindfulness and the art of choice transform your life and is the co-author of marriage magic find it keep it make it last hey here's a last idea uh you can go and order her book and read it while you have this downtime just a thought um you can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Uh, you can find this information on our website, hitchmag.com, along with thousands of articles. Again, another thing you can check out, as well as our archive of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of podcasts ranging all over the spectrum of topics. So uh, check that out if you uh, found this helpful. And with that, we will call this one a show. And until next time, Take care, everybody.